In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Betches Brides podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino, and today we are joined by Kat Landetta, She is the founder of the popular website and Instagram account, Brides Love a Sale. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've definitely used her website. It's incredible. I used it while planning my wedding. She curates amazing pieces for brides. And she's also a bride. So welcome to the show, Kat. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. No, we're like so... So I've got to tell you... You know, we listen to our audience, of course. We take the audience's feedback here. I was barraged with DMs, I believe, like right oh. after your wedding, saying, you've <laughs> got to get Kat on. So that's when we that's when we made it happen. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, as most brides are, we have no idea if anyone cares to listen to us talk about our wedding. So I was like, does anyone really care? So it's lovely to hear that, you know, some of my community were interested in hearing and had reached out. Yeah. Um, but I've been such a fan of the podcast for as long as I've been engaged. I've been engaged or I was engaged. Now I'm married, but engaged for almost three years. Um, and I got engaged engaged around the same time that the podcast was launched. And so I've been listening <laughs> since the beginning. Um, so I've been engaged, I've been following um, the Betches Brides podcast uh, throughout my engagement journey. So it really feels so full circle to be here right now and to get to share uh, more of my experience with you all in your community. No, Kat, like dead ass, you're going to make me cry because that's too cute. <laughs> I, you've been with us through it all, literally. Through it all, pre-pandemic, during pandemic, all of it. <laughs> That's insane. You've seen the ups and downs, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I can't not believe that you've had a three-year engagement. Yes, it has oh. been a long journey. Um, it was in part intentional because when we got engaged back in 2019, we just didn't feel ready to have a wedding the next year. It just mm-hmm. felt like kind of soon we had just graduated from grad school and we were feeling kind of broke. And so we wanted to save up a little bit longer just so that we could have the wedding we dreamed of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided to hold off until 2021. This was all pre-pandemic, pre-March 2020 that we made these decisions. Um, And then the pandemic happened. And, you know, as many, I'm sure 2020 brides thought, you know, we were like, oh, we'll be okay. 2021 is far enough away. And then, you know, everything 2020, early 2021 happened. And we just decided to postpone uh, a full year out to this past July, just a month ago. Wow. And so it was a three-year engagement. Um, But I honestly don't regret it at all. It was totally worth it. That's what I was going to say. Like, I I respect you for saying, you know, I want my wedding a certain way. I'm not ready to afford that financially. So I'm going to wait for that. I was going to say, do you regret, like, 
not just just eloping or getting married in a smaller intimate wedding, but it sounds like you don't. No, not at all. I think we definitely thought about eloping, especially, or even just doing a micro wedding Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. But I come from a large-ish Filipino family, and it was really, really important to me to have them there. And in retrospect, you know, eloping just made zero sense for us Mm -hmm. because there was something so, so special about having all of our loved ones in one place in one time, just kind of witnessing this commitment you're making to your partner. And that's just something that's really kind of missing from an elopement. Even if you do an elopement or like a virtual ceremony, just having the presence of your loved ones is something just so magical. And I didn't really know that going into it, but in retrospect, it was kind of like that magic dust or secret sauce that made the day feel so special was just the people. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, an an elopement, you're taking that out, that element out. And uh, we couldn't have, we could not have done it any other way. So it was absolutely worth it. And I think honestly, also the anticipation, I think having that extra year of being like, it's finally happening. I think everyone was just kind of like, this has been worth the wait. It was right. kind of the theme. <laughs> I think we need to normalize longer engagements for all of those reasons you mentioned. Because I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, why are they waiting so long? And why there's like a stigma around getting married, having a long engagement. And it's like, no, because like this is just our life and this is what we're doing with it. So very proud of you. Mad respect for sticking to what you wanted. How many people ended up attending? Um, about 85. So kind of medium okay. sized, I would describe it. Perfect size if you ask me. Um, and <laughs> when and where was your wedding? So um, my wedding was in Malibu at a venue called Saddle Rock Ranch and Vineyard. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just last month on July 9th. Um, and I'm from the Los Angeles area, but my now husband is from Sonoma County. And so we wanted to have kind of a SoCal, but have a nod to wine country. And so what's really wonderful about Malibu and this um, venue specifically is that it's in Malibu, so kind of like a local destination for LA, but it has these really beautiful vineyards. So it kind of has a nod to NorCal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the venue we had. I mean, it sounds beautiful. I cannot wait till you <laughs> divulge more photos from it. Um, uh, yes. I- yeah. So, okay. So you, let tell us about Brides Love a Sale. How'd you start this? Why did you start this? Yeah, totally. It started as really like, by accident, to be honest, I was just browsing for myself for my own kind of wedding wardrobe. And I came across these heels, um, the La Florandel Camellia yep. heels. I if knew you're familiar which ones. Them, the very famous. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of brides know these heels. They're these pleated bow uh, mm-hmm. block heels. And they're just, they're beautiful and they're very bridal. Um, and I saw them go on sale for like $100 off. And I was like, what? I did not know that this kind of luxury high-end item could go on sale and potentially be a little more in my budget mm-hmm. than it would have otherwise been. Um, and so I genuinely, my next thought was like, someone needs to tell other brides about this. I, I don't know if people realize that this item goes on sale. And so it was through that that I just started the Instagram account to be like, hey, if anyone else wants to know, this goes on sale. And same with other kind of designer pieces like the um, Manolo Blahnik, Hungisi, the white, uh, the kind of famous uh, from Carrie Bradshaw. all of those things, they most of the time they go on sale. And I, I, it was honestly 
through my own learning about it that I was like, I feel like other people need to know about this. And also, you know, weddings are expensive. And especially in this day and age, we're buying a lot of stuff for our weddings. Exactly. And I just thought that, you know, it was something that I didn't really see being done yet in terms of just sharing good deals for brides and not even just quote unquote budget brides, but also kind of, you know, slightly oh. more mid-range to luxury pieces that, you know, for weddings, you kind of want to, or not, I shouldn't say everyone, but I at least wanted to splurge a little, but still stay within budget or not feel like I was uh, going crazy on my budget. So, you know, knowing that something could be bought on sale, I think made such a huge difference. And apparently a lot of brides were attracted to the concept. And so they started following and um, it has been such a wonderful journey throughout, uh, throughout, uh, this experience. It's just so smart too, because the the name says it all. Brides love a sale. Like that is truly, I don't care what budget you have as a bride, you love a sale because everything adds up when you're planning your wedding. So that's just brilliant. I love that you said the Lofler, is it Lofler Randall? Lofler Randall, right? I think it's Lofler. Lofler, Lofler. Were there any other like, what other <laughs> items did you have or do you have on the site and stuff? Like what like, I know you did a, a whole article about jumpsuits that are on sale. Is it just kind of all pieces like that? It really is, honestly, everything. The Kind of the, the my moral of the story is everything goes on sale for the most part. Right. Um, there are some kind of very high-end brides brands that never go on sale. Um, but even, you know, luxury um, designer wedding dresses, you know, your mm -hmm. Monique Lillier, your Vera Wang, your Oscar de la Renta, those you can even get at 10% off, which maybe is not doesn't sound like a ton. But when you're spending a thousand plus many thousands of dollars, that 10% could be a photo booth, it could be, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, it really is Honestly, the veil, the dress, all of the dresses, I mean, all of the, the little white dresses, mm -hmm. um, the accessories, even my, I mean, I I don't know how taboo this is to, to share, but my own wedding ring we got on sale. Oh, um, so we got it on, we got it on Blue Nile. This is not sponsored, but Blue Nile is where um, my now husband got my engagement ring and so we wanted something to match and I found out that they run sales and I just we waited until we could find it on sale and so we saved I think like maybe a thousand dollars at least oh um, my goodness this is mind-boggling yeah, so. <laughs> I didn't even know that D blue Nile diamond rings go on sale like this is yeah this is new info like what <laughs> so if a bride is trying to you know she has her ideal uh, Monique Lillier dress in mind and she has the Manolo Blahnik shoes. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm pronouncing all of these wrong because I, no, I don't do yeah. high fashion sometimes. But if she like wants those, what is it? Just kind of a waiting game to see stocking brides love a sale, of course. Yeah, I think, um, and that's kind of another plus of a long engagement that was kind of an accident, at least for me, was that you know, all these retailers and brands have their kind of seasons and sales cycles. And so now at least I've been doing this long enough that I can identify the patterns. But if you wait long enough, you'll see something go on sale. Um, yeah. And so if you're working with a much tighter timeline, you know, you're trying to get married in three, four months, then it's less likely that 
your entire wedding wardrobe will come on sale at some point. But if your engagement is two years, then I can almost guarantee that everything you've bought or will buy will mm-hmm. go on sale. Um, okay, you heard it here first. So definitely time is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> definitely time is a big money saver. That's so brilliant, honestly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a little email, actually, that we'd love your help answering because it's kind of about all of this stuff. So I'll go ahead and read it out loud. Our listener says, hello, I know you guys have talked about this before, but I feel a dilemma with my dress. My big expensive dress is the opposite of what I thought it would be. I got emotional in it in the store, which played into my decision to purchase. It's a lace and tulle A-line dress. I still love it but haven't given up the idea of wearing a clean satin gown down the aisle. I'm debating buying a dress I tried on from from one of the resale apps so I can still afford it. Honestly, it was probably Brides Love a Sale because we'll talk about that. <laughs> it gives me that look I dreamed of down the aisle, walking down the aisle, a chance to show off my figure, and then my expensive dress is much more comfortable for the reception. But I'm worried all of my pictures will now be in this second thought dress just because of the timeline of the day. And I fear I'm doing a disservice to my main expensive dress. Is this plan crazy? What do you recommend? So, so she, yeah, so she's worried. She wants to buy a second dress and she's worried that it will outshine her first dress or kind of vice versa because of how long she'll wear it for. I think she's. She wants to, she bought a big expensive dress, just to summarize. Sometimes we got to summarize these. (laughs) She bought a big expensive dress and she's wearing, she was going to wear that down the aisle, but now she's like, you know what? I've, I kind of have pictured myself wearing this clean satin 
dress down the aisle instead. Yeah. So she was going to get her um, clean satin one from a resale site mm-hmm. and then wear that down the aisle, thus wearing the big right. expensive dress for the second one. Um but now she's worried that there will be more pictures. Yeah, just because due to the timeline right. of the day, she's going to get more pictures in the secondhand one, not her big expense. Yeah. One. So valid concern. I think, <laughs> yeah, it actually re- really resonates with me because I have a somewhat similar situation or had a sim- similar situation where I bought a dress and then I kind of had second thoughts, not fully dress regret, but I was like, I kind of also love this other silhouette. And I kind of bit the bullet and I bought a second, entirely second wedding gown. So mm-hmm. I had two wedding gowns um, and I wore the second one kind of quote unquote first during the uh, ceremony and during all my formal photos, my first look, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a similar feeling of like I, the first, which I bought second was a ball gown. And so I was like, I'm I'm only going to be wearing this for like maybe an hour, two hours, and then the rest of the night I'm going to wear the second dress. Like, does that make sense to spend so much money on a ball gown yeah. that might not get as much kind of visibility, so to speak, or as many eyes? But I think that especially the ceremony and when you're taking your family photos, when you're taking your bridal party photos, um, that's really kind of going to be what I call like the framers, the ones mm-hmm. that you're going to put on a mantle and or hang up in the wall. Um, so I think that even though you might be technically wearing that other dress for less time, so maybe just the ceremony and just photo session, then the, I think that in the end, those photos are going to be long lasting and those are really going to be kind of your memory of the day. Agreed. Um, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, to me, I, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, I would recommend the big expensive, uh, more like A-line lace and tool dress that she got. I would recommend that for the ceremony because the second one that she would be getting secondhand sounds beautiful, but it sounds like more of a second dress. It's it's more simple. It's more plain. It sounds like a bit more reception-y, dancey, whatever. So I would recommend the big one because like you said, like, leading up to the day everybody thinks like oh but I'm just gonna be wearing that nice expensive dress for the 30 minute ceremony then I'm taking it off you that's false you're you get dressed at like noon and your ceremony isn't until five (laughs) you're in that thing right you're just not in front of a wedding but you get a chance to wear it like you're not gonna feel like you didn't wear it for long enough I don't know some people do though but I think yeah, you're doing the photos, you'll get plenty of photos. And then also if photos is a concern, let's say you're like, well, I want plenty of photos in both dresses, maybe have, and this is more budget, sorry, but <laughs> ask your photographers, <laughs> ask your photographers to stay a little bit into the into the um, reception to get photos of you in that dress, make it a moment when you change into it. You can also finagle the timeline of when you're going to change into the second dress and customize that to when you want to like I did right after I think it was my father-daughter dance I got pulled away by my wedding coordinator and she was like do you want to quickly change now and then came back in my new dress it was a little moment everybody like loved it cut the cake but that was Mike and I off to the side anyways so yeah you can really customize when you're gonna do that I think just debating on which when you want photos in it if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I definitely I think that that's right. It, yeah, 
I I think she's a little she's more worried than she needs to be. Yeah. Well, and she said something in here <laughs> about like, well, w- will it will it not be as special if I'm in this secondhand dress? And that that I want to oh. point out because these secondhand dresses nobody can tell. I mean, right? Oh God, no, no. And honestly, I kind of for me and my family, to be honest, if I were wearing a secondhand dress, my family would be applauding me. Right? <laughs> I think oh my that God. there's totally nothing wrong about a secondhand dress. Often mm-hmm. a lot of secondhand dresses, especially at this time because of the pandemic, there are quote unquote secondhand dresses that have never been worn, never been altered, went straight from the rack into a closet yes. and then maybe to another bride. So um, true. So a lot of these dresses, you know, I, I think people worry about, oh, is it kind of tainted or it doesn't feel as fresh and new? No. I personally was not worried about that, or I would not be worried about that. They're I think clean. I'm all about secondhand dresses. I agree. You get you can buy a secondhand dress and get it tailored to fit you perfectly. They're totally. cleaned, dry, steam cleaning, all the best. You can get the best cleaner out there. And it's sustainable. It's good for the environment. Like, I'm here for that. So you have Brides Love a Resale, right? I do. I have another account that I started and it really was born from my Brides Love a Sale community who were just asking me, can you help me resell this items? A lot of them were wedding dresses again because of the pandemic and people's plans who had changed. And I said, well, you know, this, my account is not really meant for, you know, to repost uh, people looking to sell their wedding items, but what if I sa- started a separate account dedicated to that? Uh-huh. Um, and it has, you know, become so popular. It really is another kind of need that I found in the bridal space of just not even just brides looking to resell their wedding dresses, but all of the wedding wardrobe, the veil, the shoes, the bridal shower the dress, the bachelorette items, all of the things that we buy. A lot of the times we're wearing them once um, and probably are not always, but sometimes you're not going to wear them again, either because, you know, you grew out of it, your taste changed yeah. for whatever reason, um, you it's already overly photographed. And so all of these things are just collecting dust in our closets. And a lot of people were just trying to, you know, clear their closets a little, make some money, make some money back. Or even, I mean, I also love the situation of where, a lot of items I've seen are discontinued or no longer available. Mm-hmm. And so if someone out there has it, you know, and they're not using it and they're happy to let it go, then why not help, you know, two brides connect and hand it off to someone? Yeah. Um, so I found that there was this huge need uh, for resale in the bridal space. I wish you had this when I was looking for my wedding dresses way back in the day <laughs> because I would have personally gone straight to this. Um, how much can, like, what's the markdown of, of a dress? Is there like an average, like, how much can we find a dress that's like typically $4,000 brand new? How much would that be? Or does it depend on different factors? It can, it really depends on a lot of factors. I think the biggest factor is, you know, one is the condition. If the item is still brand new with the tags on, that's different than if it's been gently used and cleaned. Um, I think also just the demand and availability of the item, if it's something that's still, you know, available to be bought brand new and maybe they can go to a trunk show and get it for 10% off, you know, you Mm -hmm. might want to take that into account versus, 
if it's, you know, a very popular Vera Wang style that, you know, is beloved, but she discontinued, then maybe there's high demand for that. And so you can often price a little higher. Um, So it really depends on a lot of, um, a lot of situations. I will say that depend if an item is kind of under like the 200, $150 mark. So, you know, like, um, a lot of dresses for all your different events, those sell a lot quicker and can, mm-hmm. you know, priced, be priced a little more easily versus if we're talking over 500, over a thousand, then you have right. to have a little bit more patience just because, I mean, as any of us know, when you're buying a wedding dress, you're not going to just find it online and click buy now. No. You know, we, you do your research, doing, you want to try it on, you're, you're going to stock the dress, you're going to look at all the photos, you're going to do your research. And so, uh, just like, you know, I would do that or I did do that with my own dresses, you know, mm-hmm. just remember that someone who may want to buy your wedding dress is probably in a similar situation. Yeah. Um, and so just having patience and time on your side. Totally. And even I think it's a great resources, like you said, for the wedding wardrobe pieces, because that's those still cost money. And those are a very like uh, distinct part of what you're wearing. And you might, you know, you might get a nice white Colt Gaia dress for your one of your your rehearsal dinner and you might not never really want to wear it again because you've already made a statement in it and worn it so it's a great resource to buy and sell that way through it that's awesome and there's returns and stuff too like if they don't fit uh currently we don't offer that but we are working on expanding so that we can offer things like that okay well listen if I'm buying something from there chances (laughs) are I'm keeping it okay um, everybody go check that out. Yeah, yeah. I will say something that I think is unique about Brides Love a Resale is that I do require that brides share photos of the real item itself. So not just stock photos and also that they share photos of it being worn, yes. which I think helps reduce the need for refunds when, you know, you see what it looks like on a real person. You can trust that it's a real person who owns the item. It's not just, you know, some scammer on the other end. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's really important. And so I, at least to date, have not had any issues with people requesting refunds. Um, And I think in large part, that's because, uh, you know, I have built it in that people represent the item extremely well and, you know, offer a lot of photos and a lot of information so that uh, people know what they're getting into when they buy it. Awesome. Okay, well, I want to talk about your wedding a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you said you were saying how when we talked before, you were really intentional about your wedding planning decisions, which I love. Did you, you know, like in in hiring a wedding planner, did you do that, for example? Yes, we definitely hired a wedding planner. Yeah. And how did you go about like deciding whether that was the right decision to do or not? Totally. So I, um, I like many, uh, identify as a type A bride. So I'm kind of as type A as it gets. And in theory, I could absolutely have planned our wedding entirely myself. Mm-hmm. But I really kind of believe in uh, 
people's expertise and the expertise of professionals who work in an industry. Um, and so I really wanted to be able to tap into that. I think that I also, while being type A, I also kind of am a warrior and I'm like, well, what is there that I don't know? What is the information that's out there that I don't have access to? And especially in this world, there's almost so much information out there that it's hard to kind of whittle it down to what do you really need to know or what applies to you. And so that's why we decided to go and find a wedding planner. We, um, we did a partial wedding planning wedding package. Um, and I mean, we worked with her for two and a half years, so it didn't really yeah. feel partial, but, um, it just was, you know, such a, it was definitely a bit of an investment, but I think to have someone's expertise is, you know, really highly valuable just to be able to have, you know, uh, a quote unquote paid friend to talk through the pros and cons of every decision, yeah. I think was important to us. Um, and also we actually, I know that you've talked about, you know, whether a wedding planner can help save you money. Um, mm -hmm. And our wedding planner actually very much helped us save or helped save us money because she is well-connected and she has a lot of relationships with a lot of vendors. And some of the times we had to ask, and some of the times they never even asked, but a lot of vendors just offered us discounts because of their relationship with her. They said, wow. oh, you're working. You're, so and so is your planner. Well, here's uh, $200 off, $500 off, et cetera. And wow. that really added up. And so we definitely got a lot of value out of her, not just because of obviously her expertise, but when you're, you're working with someone who's well-connected in the industry, obviously that's not going to be every single wedding planner, but if you find the right one who has relationships who you mm -hmm. see are working with a lot of the same vendors who you're interested in, a lot of the times you will get discounts um, yeah. because of that relationship. That's like... Amazing. I think every bride when they're interviewed, because you do have like a consultation call with your wedding planners that you're, you know, looking to hire. I think that's a question to add to the list of things that you're going to ask. Be like, you know, what relationships do you have any with vendors that I, could you show me who they are? Like, maybe I'd work with them. Well, do you, is it likely that they'll give discounts? That's just, I, this whole episode is about saving money and I love it. Um, <laughs> we do love it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a bridal party? And how were you intentional about that? Yes, I did have a bridal party. Um, but and well, two things. One, I had um, some of my best guy friends were in my bridal party. I called them my bridesmen. Um, mm -hmm. So it was uh, gender neutral. Um, but then I also kept Kept it a little bit on the small side. In total, it was seven people, four girls and Perfect. three guys, which is kind of maybe average. But when I thought about who I wanted, it could have been 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. um, and when I thought about that, it just felt really overwhelming to me. I identify as you know more of an introvert. And when I envisioned myself on the day of getting ready and having hair and makeup done and having breakfast with my friends, it just was not the vibe to have 12 people surrounding me in addition to a wedding planner, a photographer, a, a hair makeup artist, et cetera. And so it was a little intentional for me to keep it on what to me was the smaller side um, mm -hmm. where I didn't have every best, everyone I identify as a best girlfriend because I just was, am really uh, protective around my, you know, my energy and my mental health. And I thought, 
the day of, I wanted it to be as chill and relaxed and calm as possible. And while I love all of those people, and I know that they would have been all about, you know, providing that to me, I think that just having like my safest, most closest people to me, this my most inner circle was, you know, so important. Um, the other reason that I also wanted to do somewhat on the smaller side of a wedding party was really just for cost reasons, because the more yeah. people you have in your wedding party, you know, every bridesmaid bouquet adds up, every gift adds up, all of that stuff adds up. And so it was definitely, you know, in the back of my mind that I wanted to be able to treat anyone who was in my bridal party to certain things. And the more people I had, the more difficult that would have been or the more price prohibitive that would have been. Um, and so I just kind of decided to keep it on the smaller side so that it wouldn't get, you know, overwhelming or I wouldn't have to be making a decision of, oh, I can't give them this because I have too many of too many yeah. to give it to. The seven people is the sweet spot, I think. And yes. that makes plus you <laughs> makes eight, which is even. So that's right. Because yeah. you had seven others. That's really a sweet mm -hmm. spot. I'm so impressed that you had the foresight and the ability to like be three years in advance at this point being like, <laughs> you know, I, I want to protect my energy on the day of because I think sometimes we forget that like, that is what they are there for the day of the wedding because there are so many things leading up to the wedding. There's the bridal shower, the bachelorette. Did you do a bachelorette? I did do a bachelorette um, and I did invite all of those other friends and they okay. you know, had no problem with you know participating and you know being a part of it. Okay. Okay. So how many people on the bachelorette total? Um, I think because some people couldn't come, it was 10 of us total. Okay. Still a good number. Don't want to go too much yeah. above that. Then it gets crazy. And just to ease all the brides' minds out there who are like debating whether they should ask all of their friends or not, were your friends that did not get asked to be in your bridal party, were they upset with you? Did any of them stop being friends with you or did they, how did they receive it? Yeah, no. Well, what's interesting is that no one said anything. So no, I have had no nice. conversations with anyone about <laughs> it. I know that some people ask, you know, should I ask, should I mention to them why I'm not choosing them? Um, but I think people kind of get it. I think especially to me, there was kind of clear delineations of friend groups. So if I were kind of taking one person in a friend group, but not another, then maybe I would have wanted to explain it. But yeah. I think that people kind of get it. Um, so I didn't have any issues with friend groups, uh, not, you know, feeling bad or needing to kind of explain to them or any friendships ruined. I will okay. say that I did the approach that I took also was to start on the small side with the bridesmaids proposals. And then you, I kind of thought I could always add on later if I felt you know, really compelled to bring someone in. But you can't really do the reverse. Or it's a lot harder right. to do the reverse and ask too many people and then say, oh, sorry, our friendship has changed. And yeah. Uh, do you mind stepping back? <laughs> and did you ask them at the beginning of the engagement? I waited about a year in. Okay. Um, so it was smart. A, because our engagement was going to be two years. I waited about right till the middle point once things were going to start, quote unquote, happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I always knew it wasn't really a question mark who they would be. It was just kind of when was I going to formalize gotcha. the process or, you know, let them know that it was all happening. I was going to say, it's smart that you kind of started with an A-list. 
an A-list, if you will, of bridesmaids <laughs> and then like potential B-list because I think that's a good strategy because let me tell you firsthand, people change over the course of an engagement, even if that engagement Definitely. is one year, two years. You may get to that wedding day and say, you know, I wish I never asked so-and-so to be a bridesmaid. Maybe I wish I asked so-and-so instead. I think that's totally normal. Start with that A-list and... Yeah, I mean, you might have some awkwardness when, like, of course, you send them their little proposal box and then the friends post it. And the, but chances are, like, I don't know if you ask that B list person, they they didn't get totally mad at you when you first asked the A list. If that makes sense, like, I don't know, you might have to deal with some weird dynamics if it gets showed off that they're not on the A list. But I think it's <laughs> totally fine. Like when you go to the B list bridesmaids, you could just be like, look. We've grown closer. I know I, I'd, I'd love to add you to my bridal party because I love you, blah, blah, blah. I yeah. And I think also, I mean, maybe because I'm a slightly older bride, I'm in my early 30s. So all of my friends are married by now. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of of the mind where like, obviously, being a bridesmaid is totally an honor, but it's also a lot of work. It's also a yeah. lot of expense. And so for when you're not asked to be in a wedding party, sometimes it's a little relieving. Yes. So maybe, I mean, obviously every friend group will be totally different, but I'm just saying that my friend group, I don't know that anyone would have really blamed or anyone did blame me. Yeah. Um, but if <laughs> okay. you're the first that to get married you're early in your early 20s or whatever age you may be, and you're kind of setting the precedent, mm-hmm. then you know, it may be a little different of a situation. So every friend group will be different. Can you share what you got them as gifts? Sure. So on the day of, I uh, treated them to have their hair and makeup done. Wonderful. Um, That was something that was important to me. I think adding, you know, adding to the kind of the chill vibe I wanted, just having everyone be treated to that was important just because, you know, I've been in weddings where I had to do my own hair and makeup and it's a, a little stressful. I'm not someone who yeah. enjoys that or, you know, you, it adds a little bit of el- an additional element of stress of like, oh, I need to make sure my hair looks good and I right. get my hair makeup done in time. So to kind of take that stress off of my girls was really important to me. Um, I also did give them some matching pajamas um, for our getting ready photos. Where were they from? I got them from Target. Okay, yes. Um, I think you know the ones, yes. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> I think it's which. called Stars Above. They are the they're, best. They're amazing. Go Target amazing. pajamas, not sponsored. Wish it yeah, was. Yeah, they're $20. They're mm-hmm. they're $20, but they look like they're $100. Oh, they, um, I compared them with the $100 Nordstrom <laughs> ones. The Target ones were softer and more comfy. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, and they come in plus size, um, which we love the inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um and additionally, I bought them, oh, I got them these kind of little cubic zirconia uh, tennis bracelets for them all to wear oh. um, on the day of, which, you know, was kind of special because I got them all different uh, medals that match their own wedding rings. So one of them I got rose gold. One of them I got like a platinum color. Cute. Um, that way and also jewelry. one of them doesn't um, have her ears pierced. And so I thought that bracelets were a good way to go, the little tennis bracelets. Yes. Okay, you were a very good bride to your bridesmaids. That's perfect. Um. And, I think, <laughs> and I think that's the best way. Like, you, your whole strategy throughout this sounds like it's been, like, smaller, That keep things more, like, a little smaller. That way I can do kind of the things I want money-wise or just make – You've just done a really good job 
making each of these decisions intentionally so that you can oh thank you afford what you actually want if that makes any sense so definitely I would say yeah definitely kind of quality over quantity I think I was mm-hmm. really about you know finding value in where we were spending our money and not just kind of throwing it around willy-nilly and just buying all the things yeah I wanted to make sure that at least if I was spending money on it then I felt really good and there was a real reason why we were throwing yeah. our money in that direction. Okay, last quick question before we move on to unpopular opinions. We have some fun unpopular yes. opinions too because they're about marriage. Um, my favorite question to ask recent <laughs> brides, is there anything you sort of regret from the day of? Yes. Well, one thing I regret is not prioritizing talking to our out-of-party guests at our welcome party. Okay. I think that I was really so it, because it was our first event, I was so excited to just talk to everyone. And a lot of them were also some of my best girlfriends who were in my wedding party who were coming in from out of town. And so I was, you know, so excited to see my best friend and spend time with her. But then I was going to spend the entire wedding day getting ready with her. And so I have some friends who uh, flew in from out of town and I just spent kind of the bare minimum time with them. And I really wish I could have had more quality time with them rather than just a hi, hello, yes. how are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, because the day really flew by. And yeah. so just kind of wanting, I really wish I had, you know, spent more time with those folks. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. So did Mike. Like, I think one of his uncles who we love to death, like we literally barely got to say hi to and we felt so bad. <laughs> this happened, It, ha- it like you said, it flies by. But I think the thing to remember is like you're thinking about it more than they are. Like they are thinking like, oh, I know Kat is the bride. Like I <laughs> it, clearly I was at her wedding. So I will see her again in the future and spend that quality time but if I didn't get to on her wedding, like that's understandable. So if that eases your yes. your regret a little bit. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. You know, it's always worth thinking or overthinking it more than they are in a way. Yeah. Well, now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode, Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. As you know, this segment is all about unpopular marriage opinions for this one, so buckle in. Usually it's wedding, but today is marriage. But High Noon is probably the most popular item you can have at your wedding, on a date night, in your marriage. It's literally perfect for every occasion. So grab a can and let's get into our first unpopular opinion. Okay. So this is the marriage edition ones because we're married gals now. We are. So (laughs) this one, we've done these on the Instagram, so we have the audience's votes. This one says, Okay. You shouldn't tell your friends secrets about your partner. Do you agree or disagree? Tell your friends secrets about your partner? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. I know. I think that... (laughs) <laughs> I think it really depends. It definitely depends. I think if it's something like within the marriage, within the relationship, then I agree that you should not share that. I think that there's kind of like this circle of trust that you have to protect. But if it's something like silly, like, oh, he has a one hour video game dedicated hour a week or something kind of silly and quirky that he wouldn't mind at the end of the day sharing. But if it's something, you know, 
really personal and speaks to your relationship, then I think that that's where things should, you know, stay within the relationship. I, you hit the nail on the head, truly. Like, (laughs) I've done this in the past. Like, I've gone to my friends and told them something about Mike. (laughs) Poor Mike listening. But then I'm like, but then I, like, I feel, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad. Like, maybe that was supposed to be kept just between us. Like, I probably told you guys on the podcast, honestly, too much. But, (laughs) but like, that's the thing. I I fully agree. There needs to be some of that element of trust. You don't want to, it's almost like disrespectful at a point if you're just going and breaking that and telling even your best friends. But on the flip side, it is tough because if your partner is, if it's something, if your partner is like doing something that's really pissing you off and doesn't really want others to know or whatever. I don't know what it is, but if it helps to like vent to your best friends and be like, listen, this is a vault. You're not saying a word. I just need to, to, to vent kind of like, then I don't know. I, it's just, then I don't think it's that bad, but I agree with you. It's like, if it's a super serious thing, like try to work it out within yourselves before going externally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we kind of agree that you shouldn't. Okay, well, our audience, 69% of people disagree that you shouldn't. Their their team, tell your friends. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you guys will see once you're married, okay? (laughs) I was going to say. I was like, how do your partners feel about that? Yeah. And I I think, like you said, this is vague. It's like secrets could be like something dumb. Like, obviously, tell your friends, but something serious. Maybe don't. Okay, the next one, changing your last name is too much work. Um, uh, (laughs) I think if the question is, is it too much work? I don't think it's too much work, but it is a very personal choice. I did not change my last name. And um, I think that, you know, it's really everyone is so different about it. And I think mm-hmm. I, you know, I identify with my last name, my full name so much. And it just didn't really feel I didn't feel, you know, called to uh, take my husband's last name. But mm-hmm. I don't think I think I maybe the test should be, is it worth it to you to go through that work to change your last name? Because exactly. if it feels like too much of a logistical issue, then maybe your heart's not in it. But if you're happy to do it, if you're, you know, something that excites you, then maybe it doesn't feel like work. I talk about the last name thing probably like once a day. Everybody has such <laughs> differing controversial opinions on it. I'm like, why are we all overthinking it? Like, I like my last name. Like, well, let me just keep it. The kids can have his. I get tradition, okay? We typically take the right. man, but we're in 2022. Why can't we, why can't it be like normal that we keep our last names? It doesn't have to be like something. Like I've had people say to me, like, when are you changing your last name? And I'm like, well, what if I'm never, <laughs> what if I don't want to? Right. I love my last right. name and I'm in a in a career where I'm public facing. I'm like... Yeah. And Nikki Freeze kind of sounds like a porn star, honestly, if you want. (laughs) Or a superhero. Or my coworker (laughs) said, or a trendy drink. So, but anyways, (laughs) it doesn't doesn't sound like a frozen drink in the summer. Nikki Freeze. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Porn starish. But uh, (laughs) sounds sounds yummy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, is that weird? (laughs) But (laughs) no, it does. It does. I see where you're going. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just I do on the subject of it being work. I do know every other bride is like it is so much work. And there are services out there. I know one has like hitch switch. Right. Things like that that you can uh, get to make it way easier. But yeah, I mean, it is a lot of work. You have to you. I, and I like having you. I've always had like that coworker in past jobs who's like their their stuff in the system of the job system gets all messed up because it was like their maiden name, mm. but now they go by this. I feel like you're always running right. into like even later in life, it's like, oh no, that was an error because that's that they used my maiden name instead. I'm like, why? I don't want to fucking go through that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know? that's definitely the path of least resistance is to just keep it as is. Yeah. And like, I don't know, some men are still offended by it. But well, and I, I can't speak for how they feel. But I don't know. I, do, I agree. It's too much work. And get this. This was the shocking part. I thought our audience was going to be like, no, come on, you get it. 64% of people agree that it's too much work. That's insane. Oh. Like, I think people are like really moving towards keeping last names interesting yeah i wonder why oh i'm also a huge proponent though if you love your husband's last name way more than yours snatch that oh absolutely there i think that the name of the game is that there are lots of reasons to change your name or not change your name i think that there's Mm -hmm. gone are the days of like you need to to take his name because to unite as a family and that's the only way you're identified as a family obviously nowadays families look every which what kind of way mm-hmm. um, families have different last names internally but also everyone it's just such a personal choice is really what I mean is that totally to change name or not change your name there's just so many reasons and it's really just so personal just like you know deciding to have a wedding all of those decisions mm-hmm. are so personal right um, and there are just so many reasons why people decide to go one way or the other yep true that Okay, our final unpopular opinion. It's okay to go to bed mad. This is a tough one. Oh, that is a tough one. I think it is okay to go be- to go to bed mad. It's not fun, but I think that I know for myself at least, I'm kind of like a long processor. I think that I need time to understand how I feel. And sometimes that's not, you know, when before bedtime sometimes I need to sleep on it and wake up and probably I'll feel better but Mm -hmm. it's it's I think it's hard to have that kind of hard and fast rule of like we're not closing our eyes and sleeping until (laughs) we resolve this because we also know that you know when you're tired you might it might be the worst time to try to resolve something (laughs) and I'm not trying to like fake be happy just because we're going to sleep like I don't know right I I don't know what the alternative would be I was raised to my parents would always say never leave angry like like I, I you know mm. get in dumb fights with my parents over being a bratty teenager and I'd be like well I'm leaving and my mom would be like no come here let's hug Aww. like I love you we're not just like because yeah. you're getting in the car which the probability of I don't know the stats behind getting in the car and dying versus going to bed and dying if that's like the fear that whatever I'm spiraling at this point but the, the point being, like, yeah, I just I, the go to bed mad thing. I, I'd rather do the car thing and not the go to bed mad. And it's like, yeah, I'll see you in the morning and it'll probably be better, you know. But I know that yeah. is a, a a point of marriage advice that gets thrown around very fast and loosely. So definitely, 
Yeah, so 53% of people agree that it's okay to go to bed mad. I love this audience. They really are um, moving in the right direction. So... <laughs> yeah. Just well, do what you want. It's I just really... literally do what you want. We're changing the name of the podcast to do what you want. You do you. Well, that's it for Unpopular Opinions brought to you by High Noon. If you didn't already know, High Noon is premium hard seltzer made with real vodka and real juice and is the preferred beverage this season and really every season, let me tell you. I mean, it's just the drink of the summer. It's for literally anywhere, but especially all your wedding events. If the sun is out, it's time for a High Noon. Head to your local liquor store to pick up some High Noon for the weekend, or you can find where to purchase High Noon near you by visiting highnoonspirits.com. Kat, this was lovely. Do you have any last pieces of advice for brides planning their weddings right now? Or one piece of advice? Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice to my community has always been to plan your wedding like social media doesn't exist. Mm. I think that a lot of us plan hoping for that kind of Instagrammable moment. And I think that that's great. But we're just so, a lot of the content we consume are these huge displays that are not necessarily realistic or accessible. And so I think that for me, what was so helpful was to think about, you know, if this item piece, decor, whatever, never gets photographed, never makes it onto the gram, would I care? Would that upset me? Um, and if I, I needed to know that I was making decisions, not because it looked pretty and was going to be photographed. I mm-hmm. wanted to think about what my guests were going to experience on the day of. And so when you kind of take your mind off of social media um, and whether your wedding's going to be published or featured or reposted, mm-hmm. um, then I think that that's where you kind of recenter yourself to like, is this something I truly love or is this just because I've seen it all over my feed and all over my yeah. Pinterest? Yep. Um, so just try to tune that out is my biggest piece of advice. I know, which is ironic because this is, you know, <laughs> both of us are social media based, but, you know, just knowing what to filter and using that information really to look inward, not to just, you know, put on displays is what what I think is important. If you take Kat's advice, you will ultimately end up looking happier in your photos, which make for better photos. So, so it'll true. backfire <laughs> in the best way possible and you'll have the best photos if you don't care about the social media of it all. I love that so much. Kat, thank you so much. Everybody can follow you on Instagram at it's brides love a sale and brides love a resale. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. Till death, do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.